Certainly, I'm very, very delighted to have this very first presentation, formal presentation, at Talas Library Island. Agnesa and Sagmar have been fabulous and very proactive in their efforts with their project with the California Library Association. And I'm so happy to see everyone here. I welcome you here. If anyone would like to have a presentation for yourself or for your own organization, please contact me. This space is a nonprofit space. It is a part of the information archipelago management. It is designed especially for libraries, educational institutions, and we encourage all of you to share the resources. We are an open space community. I would also like to um, commend the support from Jeremy from San Jose State University. I hope I'm saying that. S-J-U-S. <laughs> and uh, all their other colleagues, they have been very, very supportive and um, I think you will be very, very delighted with their presentation. Um, the presenters we have today are just phenomenal, phenomenal people. We have uh, Dr. David Lorscher, and um, then we also have Robin T. Williams. And um, I'm sure we'll learn many, many, many wonderful things and um, interesting aspects in regards to um, client-side information literacy. And with that, I will hand it over to our moderator. Thank you all. I can't Greetings, see everyone. it. Wait, hold on. Turn you around here. Thanks for coming to the program. This is Rebecca Find. I'm a librarian at San Jose State University at King Library. And I'm very pleased to introduce our speakers, Dr. Leutcher and Robin Williams. And as your moderator, I'd like to remind you to um, turn off your microphone when you're not speaking so that we don't extra back. And that if you do have a question, uh, have your avatar stand up or gesture clearly. So thank you and enjoy the program. Well, welcome everyone. Um, we're so uh, Robin and I are so glad to uh, to uh, come join me here at the podium, uh, Robin, if you will. We're going to uh, present some. Uh, uh, fairly controversial ideas and, and hope to uh, tickle your, uh, uh, your, your own ideas about uh, what we have believed in the past and what we might, uh, we might uh, turn to uh, in the future. Right now, um, 
as many of you know, there's uh, two great uh, kind of philosophies of doing business that are clashing in uh, in in uh, information space. Uh, the first one uh, we could call the uh, Microsoft model. And the Microsoft model, uh, as all of us know, um, is what we would call a command and control model. The kind of idea is if we build it, they will come. And so uh, Microsoft builds uh, Office and a variety of other tools, and they expect us to come uh, to those tools and use them the way they have designed it. So they are the master we are the, the users and we will use it on their basis. In fact, they take control of our, our computers and they can give or take away anything that uh, they have uh, constructed in the space that uh, we are allowed to enter. Right, and no matter... No matter how much, no matter how much we hate Vista, uh, they expect everyone to bend to it and, and learn to work with it, right? <laughs> That's right. Now, Google uh, has just the opposite philosophy. It's called uh, more client-side, uh, where uh, instead of command and control, it's, uh, it's, they provide uh, a, a wide variety of tools, and we construct our own uses of those particular tools. So instead of, uh, if we build it, they will come, um, it is, uh, if they build it, they will use it. Comments on that, Robin? Well, absolutely. It's, it's, people are always more invested if they have some sort of, some sort of stake in the creation of something. And, uh, and helping to build something really amazing is, is one of the reasons that we're, we're all here. Uh, okay, so what we've noticed in the, in the, number of years now since uh, the internet's been going is that more and more our users um, are buying bypassing us and using the Google model in other words they find themselves uh, well you can ask your own users if you took uh, 100 users and ask them if they were looking for information uh, where would they go first uh, and uh, I would bet that 90% of them probably Google uh, their answers first and then you ask them at what point do they uh, uh, probe the library uh, as an information space and uh, uh, hopefully uh, we would be up there in the rankings however I suspect that many of our users bypass us totally uh, and are, are not using us that creates a great deal of worry at least in my mind as an information professional because if uh, if they're not going to use us what is the reason for our existence and so we have to uh, um, we can say, well, we can ignore the problem and say, well, they'll Google, but, you know, really we're in the business and we're so important that, you know, they'll end up with, uh, with us uh, somewhere, sometime, somehow. And um, I think that's uh, uh, the Microsoft kind of notion that, uh, you know, if we build it and we're good at it and we provide lots of service, they'll end up with us no matter what. However, I think we've got a new generation, and uh, um, Robin, uh, tell them about the Google Generation study in Britain. 
Well, the studies showed that, um, that, of course, what we knew, that, uh, that they're very, people are very good at skimming, um, but they still aren't great at finding exactly what they need, and they aren't reading deeply or understanding uh, information as deeply as we'd like to. So we have, uh, we have a challenge uh, ahead of us, I think, uh, to try to, stay, try to stay in there in our students' lives. And um, uh, I'm, so, I'm sorry for that. Uh, so I'm going to turn it over to Robin to, uh, to talk to you about uh, a, uh, an invention that uh, she and I worked on as we began to realize that we as information professionals could actually uh, turn uh, library services from the uh, from the Microsoft model over to the Google model. And uh, so what we decided to do um, is to say, okay, instead of the librarian constructing all the information spaces, why don't we ask every client to build their own information space? And uh, so that's... Um, uh, exactly what we began to do with a program called iGoogle, and I'll let uh, Robin describe that system to you. Right. So the idea was instead of you know saying, okay, we can create million page lists of of things and sites that they should see and read. Uh, why don't instead of, of of asking students to go into this giant internet completely lost? Why don't we have them create their own spaces and then bring in everything that they need and want to their space, uh, mostly via RSS feeds. So um, it was interesting when we first started talking about this because Dr. Lurcher was telling me, you know, wouldn't it be great if we all had this sort of virtual desk where everything we needed every single day was on this desk and and you could just, you know, look at... Yeah, you, you, I found the place where I am, but I need to know tools. Sit down, sit, 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 sit down, Allah. <laughs> so you could just look at the. <laughs> you could just. <laughs> you could just look at your desk and get all the tools that you need, and 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 then do do the work that you needed to without having to to look around the internet for hours and hours and hours. We really wanted to. We really wanted to. Um, you know, make sure that huh? the that the space was personal and useful. So, um, behind me there's a pie chart, and hopefully you can still all hear. And actually, it looks backwards. The texture is flipped. Mm, interesting. Well, at the center of it is is your space. It's your your information space. And then once on that place, you have everything that you need to work every single day. Then a step out from that is uh, your workspace, shared workspace. This sounds a little abstract, but I'll show you exactly how to do it in a moment. And then the third one is Internet. It's the last place that we look for information. Okay, not the first, but the last. All right, let's... All right, we'll go to the next slide. It was a little slow. So, uh, what Robin is talking to you about is the program that we discovered <clears throat> right in Google, and it's called iGoogle. And it allows you to, it's a customizable home page so that you can put anything that you want on this page. And uh, that's where we decided to try to teach the user how to, uh, how to build their own information space rather than us building it for them.
So, uh, <clears throat> okay. So the way, the way that we did this was, you know, if you go, when I mentioned it to him, he said, what do you mean your homepage is, is Google? And I said, no, no, it's iGoogle. And, and we had a great discussion about this. And I said, okay, what it is, is if you go to the regular old fashioned Google page, hidden in microscopic text in the top right, which you would all be seeing if it were on the slide thing right now, um, is, a, is a little button that says sign in or iGoogle. And when you click that, it actually brings you to your, to your homepage, to your personalized homepage, which you can customize. Sorry, Dr. Lurcher, did you want to say something? No, that's, cool. that's just fine. Go ahead. Okay, so then on the personalized home page, uh, it gives you an option of a variety of different tools. Let me make sure that you can hear. It gives you an option of a variety of different tools that you can use. And um, in particular, it starts off with some basic things like YouTube, calendars, the weather, um, the news. It assumes that you have certain certain likes and dislikes, and it's very, very simple to set it up to have things that you want. All you have to do is push a little button that says Add Stuff, which uh, would have driven my English teacher insane. And, and that way you can very simply add different things that you need. The personal space, um, which is slide uh, 8, <laughs> if we get to it, uh, is is the is the place that we start at, and in the personalized space that um, I set up for students. As an example, I have, for example, a countdown to the number of days left in the semester. I have uh, a feed with the important documents, um, and and important links for the students, and to do lists, dictionaries, etc. So what Robin is saying is that on this personal page, we want every student, we coach them. And so, for example, cancel library orientation. Instead of that, teach every, every student that we can get a hold of how to build their own uh, information space. And their personal space is going to have on just what they need to exist today. So what would you want on that? Well, I'd want uh, all the classes I'm taking from various professors. I'd want a calendar to control, you know, to see where I am. I'd want a to-do list to see, you know, uh, uh, the priorities of my day. I'd want some RSS feeds from newscasts uh, uh, that, that I'd need. It's just, uh, and the neat thing about iGoogle is you can kind of put on, uh, you know, anything that you want and take off. And it's uh, completely, it's kind of just draw, uh, drag and drop. Uh, so that you can uh, keep your own information space clean and uncluttered and and yourself organized and uh, you know focused so I'm not letting the uh, internet overwhelm me I am forcing the internet under under my control I'm just going to pay attention to what I want to pay attention to at, at a given moment so um, go ahead Robin Sorry. So once we have uh, the main tools, and I've I've gone ahead I've gone ahead and thrown it up here, um, then we move on next to the group space. So if we're working together, uh, then we can we can go ahead and think about the tools that we need um, in order to be successful together. 
So, so for example, you, one of my mm-hmm. one of my professors might have given be having a, a, a group project that's going to take a long time uh, and it's going to take a, a wide variety of expertise. So I can be working with uh, people across the room, across the university, across the world, you know, on a particular project that we're working on. So I isolate that in, a, in another space and, uh, so I can go to that instantly and everything that I need to uh, do that project is right there at my beck and call. Is that what's on the screen now, Robin? Yes, exactly. So then, and then from here, then I can create uh, a number of tabs that uh, are for particular projects that I'm working on. Uh, And then finally I build the uh, outer space, which is the entire internet. uh, and, And I can go to that space whenever I'm, I'm thinking about, uh, you know, wanting to explore the, the world in, in a, a much more uncontrolled or serendipity fashion. And uh, so I, I let the Internet into my life uh, only when I uh, am interested in doing that. And so uh, it seems to me that the currency of today is uh, attention. That's the 21st century. Everybody's trying to get into everybody else's head. And uh, this system uh, demonstrates that that uh, the user uh, comes into command and control of that uh, and does not, uh, uh, does not allow outside influences in, uh, unless I, uh, I uh, allow that to happen. Uh, comments, uh, Robin? In the current model, people tend to go immediately to, to the Internet first, and that's just not it's, – it's so vast these days that it's just not the most effective, effective way of doing things. So by starting it at, at the personal, um, it really cuts out a lot of the, the sort of white noise of the Internet. Okay, now what we need to do is figure out how librarians fit in this world. If every one of our um, – uh, users are creating their own information space. How do we get there? Uh, so uh, here's the magic uh, that uh, Robin and I uh, worked on, uh, and I think it's on an, another slide. Um, uh, what we, we do is we ask uh, every professor or teacher to uh, create a blog, and on that blog is the communication between that professor and um, uh, and their students uh, through an RSS feed. Uh, because it's very easy to link um, a professor's blog with each student's I, I Google page. And so once they just link those two things together, then any time the professor makes a change on their blog, it automatically feeds down into um, you know what's uh, into each student's iGoogle page. So you're always informed uh, from your your professor about what's going on. Now the magic that we are introducing is saying that if a, if each professor has a blog and we can help them create it, what we ought to do is we ought to be on that professor's blog. And so when any assignment goes out from the professor, what we, what we do is we add to it our own little pathfinder that we have created. 
so it's kind of the tip sheet or the cheat sheet. So uh, here's your professor's assignment. Here's the librarian right here recommending that you do the following things. And here's some really good sources of information. Here's where to go. Here's, you know, some tips uh, uh, to do. Then any time that, um, you know, the change in that blog, then automatically it feeds to the student's uh, iGoogle page. And uh, then uh, immediately the, the librarian is right there beside the professor giving advice on how to accomplish a task. Comments on that, Robin? Right. Well, and the beauty of it, of course, is it, it's simple. It takes about two minutes probably to set one up, uh, maybe five if it's a rough day. And and also, it's it's fantastic because usually in the past people have had to go to some website. And they did you ever notice that especially educational websites have crazy addresses? It's like something that you'd never guess at something dot something dot something dot who cares. So not requiring people to remember these crazy addresses uh, is a fantastic thing and it all they have to do is open up their home page and there's there are the headlines um, will they read every single story every day probably not but I think that if it's simply on their on their home page the likelihood of them look you know going to the website period uh, increases dramatically so what we're saying is that librarians can get back into the information game if they um, just uh, push, push themselves uh, at individual students linked through their professor. Uh, so you don't have to tell, you know, you don't have to build this great uh, website for everybody. You can counsel individual students right directly through their professor. And um, so that uh, we think that it's the only way uh, we're going to be able to get back into a kid's life. Uh, in other words, they would naturally, as they're looking at the teacher's assignment, they would naturally think maybe that there's some help from the librarian and they, they know that there is an information professional right by their side in kind of a coaching position. Uh, um, so, well, um, that is an, uh, um, an, a very easy system to set up, and there's lots of ways to do this. You don't always have to do it through iGoogle, or, uh, but the, the notion is there, and there's a hundred ways to create it. But the important thing is that we get ahead of Google, and, and our example tonight shows that you use Google to get ahead of Google. So um, we think that's a, an in interesting thing. So we're looking at uh, what does this have to do with uh, with uh, information literacy? Well, uh, uh, I've been there and done that in a number of things. You create tutorials. You you and a professor comes to you and says, "Well, we want to. Uh, <clears throat> would you uh, take my class in and teach them a little bit about?" Uh, uh, about the sources they need to do this project, which you're happy to do. So you'll bring the kids in and you'll do a, a um, you will do uh, an orientation to various kinds of databases uh, and, and, and you send them off uh, uh, after your 45 minutes and, and hope that they are able to, to uh, accomplish uh, the uh, instructor's assignment. The problem with that is I don't think, uh, maybe uh, all of you are different, but I, I never uh, was able to follow or track uh, 
what I did to see what the impact was on the student's actual project. So, uh, for example, I introduced them to a database. Does, does any of the information of that database get into their papers? Uh, how do I know? How do I know they were able to use it effectively? Uh, what kinds of grades uh, did they they get versus kids who missed the missed the orientation that day? I would like to know uh, people who I interacted with. Or did they get higher scores? Um, wh what happened because I was in the ball game? I think that's kind of some of the responsibility that we're being asked to to. Uh, to uh, adopt uh, these days so so that it's not just uh, you teach many times and hope that it made a difference. You've got to know whether it made a difference. Another kind of approach is to, to uh, uh, have a one credit hour uh, library course where you're teaching information literacy and you're hoping that uh, in that particular course uh, that uh, students will learn as much as they need uh, for their lives. Um, I. I've been there and taught that one credit hour course. Uh, lots of football players would be in my classes at the University of Oklahoma. And, and even though I thought I was a pretty innovative teacher, um, I come away from that experience uh, pretty realistic that uh, I don't think uh, it made a great deal in their uh, difference in their information uh, use. And I really didn't have any way to check up if they were better information users after I got my, uh, uh, you know, uh, after they were out of my influence. So um, uh, I, I guess uh, we'd like to present a few um, ideas uh, about some alternatives to think about. The first thing is to go client side, and we've shown you an example where you have kids build their own information spaces rather than you build them for them. Okay, the next idea is uh, that you need to change the way that you're collaborating with the professors uh, in the university. Um, most people are quite uh, uh, willing to be um, uh, in a slave-master relationship, that is, the professor's the master and you're the slave and you're very helpful <laughs> and you're willing to do most anything they want. But uh, Robin, describe to us uh, what uh, what we mean by uh, uh, really collaborating with professors and setting up a transformation of one of their assignments. Right. So the idea isn't that you, you sort of uh, tag team teach, you know, take turns one person doing one thing and then than another the next, um, never really working together. The idea is that you, you really work together and collaborate in a way that transforms education, uh, that takes it far beyond both of you together, take it far beyond anything it ever could have been. Okay, and the way you do that is you, you have to have a planning session long before the unit, uh, the um, learning activity is going to happen. So you sit down with the professor in a planning session. Uh, uh, begin. Uh, it's going to. I'd, I'd say a half an hour uh, would be a good a good time to try to uh, get the ball rolling. And first, the first thing you want to do is get an idea of what their goals and objectives for learning the content of what are their whatever they're presenting, biology, chemistry, civil war, whatever that is. So you want to know what is, what are the content exp uh, uh, expectations that the professor has. Then what you're going to do is you're going to add to that list, you're going to have, when you understand what the kids are supposed to know and be able to do, 
then you put uh, some um, some logical information literacy skills that they can use to help them master the content of that particular learning activity. In other words, what you're doing is you're inserting information, just uh, information literacy, just in time. So you're going to teach them a skill that they're going to then use immediately to accomplish, uh, accomplish the task. The second step in, in this planning is that uh, uh, when you've got both goals and objectives uh, down on paper, then, then you design the assessment. How will we know? How will we know when the students have mastered both the information literacy that uh, was taught and also have mastered the content that the professor uh, expects? So are we going to, so we do an assessment. Are we going to create a rubric together? Are we going to, um, are we going to have a paper pencil test? Are we going to have a performance test? Whatever the evaluation is, that's what goes there. And that's the second, second thing that you plan. The third thing you plan is the, is the learning activity itself. That means, uh, and for this activity, you co-teach with the professor. In other words, there's two people up in front of the classroom, whether it's in the library or whether it's out in a department or classroom across campus. Wherever it is, you're co-teaching together. And the reason you do this is, is so that you can draw upon the expertise of both content and the information professionals side by side and, and, help, uh, uh, and, and help each of the learners accomplish what it is. There's another, there's another great uh, advantage to co-teaching, and that's that you've got two adults working with 30, 40, or 50, or, you know, if it's some... Uh, larger number, you've got two adults that are pushing, 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 and are able to answer questions, give assists, support, uh, and, and the nice thing, another nice thing, is each of you learn uh, what the other knows. So you're going to learn a little bit of chemistry, and the teacher's going to learn how to search databases or whatever your particular teaching. So the objective is both both the teachers get smarter and the students hopefully uh, do much better when two heads are put together. Comments right. on that, Robin? Well, and also, I mean, the goal is not only content, but to create lifelong learners, very effective lifelong learners. And so they really need the skills and to be able to reflect, you know, afterwards, not only did I understand the content, but what was it that enabled me to understand that content better and get the knowledge that I needed faster? Um, because, you know, really, they can learn anything. And, and sometimes that message is lost behind some numbers and, and figures. Okay, the next thing that you do is that uh, the most common thing that happens next is that students give oral presentations or they uh, do their little research paper and they hand it in to get their grade. And uh, while um, I don't know if you've been in an oral presentation uh, a sequence of 30, 30 different students trying to give their oral presentations, but that is a tremendously boring uh activity. Uh, uh, it's very passive, just like what's going on right now. You're the listeners, we're the presenters. And, uh, you know, it's, it's very easy to tune out what's being talked about. We so, apologize. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> so anyway, so we're saying that instead of, instead of uh, 
doing those oral presentations or doing them on Web 2.0 technology so that uh, different students can be presenting to each other. And we can, we, instead of taking the long time that it takes to do uh, serial oral, orient, uh, oral presentations, uh, instead of doing that, uh, do a so what activity. And what that does is it, uh, it asks the students to put together what each one of them has learned into a kind of a matrix so that and, and as you do this uh, then you look for um, if each person puts what they know as an as a little mini expert into a puzzle like a puzzle piece and if each student puts their puzzle piece in then what picture appears in other words, if you take Bloom's taxonomy and you try to say to students, okay, you know this fact and you know that fact and you know that fact, and when you put them all together, what patterns do you see? What are the what is the larger? What's the aha that that you get? So, uh, this student has researched one bird. The next student has researched another bird. So it's nice to know something about individual birds, but now what do we know about birds in general? And uh, you can do that both with content and you can also do it with uh, process. That is, okay, we've done a bunch of searching of databases. What do we know about searching uh, of, of information sources that we didn't know? What are the tri uh, tips and tricks that we can use to, to cut our time in searching for information so that uh, most of the time we, uh, uh, we, we spend our our precious time, uh, uh, you know, delving into the actual uh, reading of the information, using the information, etc. So that's kind of what uh, we call as a culminating activity. Any comments on that one, Robin? Well, sure. I think that we all had, had those reports in school at some point, sadly. I definitely remember uh, doing my report on, on Connecticut, and I do remember that the state bird was, was a robin. But beyond that, there was no point to it. And so there definitely has to be an overlying, um, so what? I mean, and you ask kids all the time, and I certainly did in school as well. I always thought, what was the point? What, is, what, is, what are we doing this for? So the so what activity is probably the most important part of the whole thing. That's the way we keep it relevant. That's what makes it all make sense. Two more steps in this process. The first is to actually uh, follow through with the assessment of the student products. And so that means that the librarian would actually go in and look at uh, the products. For example, supposing students had done a, a research paper, it would be really interesting for us as librarians to look at the, uh, uh, the bibliographies to see where these students got their information. Uh, you know, was it any information that we had, we had uh, directed them to? Where, where do they get this stuff? And when you start uh, looking at the patterns of what students actually end up using, then you start to, to get a notion yourself about, uh, you know, what, what you should be doing to introduce students to better and better information sources. Um, so uh, that's the, the uh, a very important step. Then the final step is to reflect uh, with the professor about the success and ask each other the question, were two heads better than one? Were we able to uh, accomplish the goals together that uh, uh, we, we thought we would try in the beginning? Of course, there's lots of answers to that question. 
the the answer that you hope, um, if you're honest with each other, is that yes, two heads were better than one. But most often you'll say, you know, well, we were very successful, uh, one, two, three, uh, we were not so successful in this, and uh, if we're going to do it again next year, we've got some ideas of what we were to do. Well, that's... Uh, that's what we would call the second step in changing, turning around information literacy. It's, it's called going, it's going client-side from the fact that you're teaching the person just what they need to know at the time they need to know it. And research demonstrates that they'll learn it much faster and quicker if you do that than if you, you have a general orientation. Okay, and then, and then you will start to understand what impact you're actually making on learners themselves rather than just uh, uh, reporting to your administrators. Well, I taught, you know, 35 sections of, uh, you know, chemistry students, blah, 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 blah. That's the old method of doing so, uh, of something, and uh, I, I am convinced that that... Uh, just because you're tired at night is no indication of how effective you are. So you need to turn that client side. We have a couple of other uh, recommendations for you um, about um, uh, going uh, client side. Um, oh, one comment. Collaboration can happen face-to-face -face in a normal library situation, but also remember that there's so many courses now that are online and uh, so what we've just said uh, goes for both in-person teaching and online teaching. So, for example, Robin and I teach on a uh, very fancy technology called Illuminate. And uh, to have you, the librarian, come into that class, uh, I would welcome it. Uh, I would cheer to have any academic librarian, particularly my own, uh, you know, in invite themselves into my courses. And uh, I would... Uh, uh, just be so uh, happy to not only welcome them, but to share the goals and objectives, uh, just like we've been talking about, and let them look at the papers and, and help me uh, uh, decide what grades to put on those papers. So, uh, 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 Robin, uh, any comments on participating in, in that kind of a, a, a session? Yeah, actually, you know, we were, we were thinking about... Um about really it's it's sort of the opposite of web 2.0 or rather lessons learned from web 2.0 you see all of these people um participating in on the web and we and i started thinking well, okay well what would that look like if you could take all of that same energy and get it into an actual physical library how could how could patrons uh, and the clients be really involved in the creation of the library and we started talking about that Okay, the third major concept we'd like to do is most of the time uh, librarians build uh, elaborate web pages and spend a lot of time creating them. I think Joyce Valenza, who is a famous school librarian, has taught us, uh, she, she decided that she couldn't keep up her own web page anymore. And so she started inviting students to help her do that. And what she discovered in that is when, when they began helping to in the construction of a major information space from which they could draw resources onto their own iGoogle pages, she discovered that all of a sudden the hit rate goes way sky high. 
In other words, they discover that there is something more to the world of information than Google. They discover the library. Why? Because they've helped create the library. So we're thinking of, um, there's all kinds of things. Uh, for example, Joyce Valenza has students create a lot of tutorials. Um, and so, for example, uh, instead of you, uh, I mean, you could create a tutorial on how to use a particular database. Okay, and that tutorial can be on your, your website. That can go on that uh, teacher's uh, blog. And so it comes it's through an RSS feed and it says, okay, the librarian has done a nice little uh, uh, podcast or they've done a video clip uh, on how to, how to do this particular, uh, how to search this information space or digital uh, 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 site. Uh, instead of doing that, ask students who are actually uh, performing searches. They can look at your, you can teach them that. And then one of their assignments is to create a quick video cast of uh, how to search that database, and that goes up. They they'll, uh, number one, they'll enjoy doing that, and it doesn't take that long with the latest uh, flip camera or whatever that you have, and uh, also uh, their uh, colleagues are much more likely to uh, uh, look at their work rather than uh, than yours, I would uh, guess. Anyway, so uh, the idea that students can help create tutorials, um, or they can help pick the tools that they want to have on on the uh, library uh, website and or that are available to them. In other words, instead of you picking the tools that you're going to offer them, you have them assist you in picking the tools that are going to help you. And um, and and uh, finally, uh, it's it's really nice to have students uh, um, in the learning commons or whatever uh, uh, you have actually man uh, an expert an expert desk so that they are giving advice uh, to um, to their fellow students. So, for example, instead of uh, the idea of um, dividing the sheep from the goats and they're, we're trying to give A's, B's, C's, and D's and separate the A's from the flunks, uh, turn it into a collaborative community where everyone is trying to build everybody else and trying to assist everybody in learning what they need to learn to become uh, you know, a nurse or a doctor. So we're, we're not so interested in flunking folks out. We're interested in building the, the most expertise we can possibly uh, build in the, in, in the time uh, that we have left. Well, I, I think it's uh, um, any comments on uh, turning the, the learning uh, home, uh, the library homepage over into a collaborative thing? Uh, Robin? How about me? Yeah, well, it's, you know, we've found that people work so well collaboratively. Um, people use mob sourcing all the time, which is getting everyone to work on a problem. And like we do in Second Life, I mean, we know in here that uh, together we can build just an incredible world and all sorts of things. So it absolutely makes, makes sense that people in the real world can work together to help each other out. And, and it, it's, uh, I think it's the log logical thing to do. Um. Just a couple of other things. If you, you think about turning uh, everything that you do client-side, I mean, for example, let's think about collection building. We've always said that uh, we are the experts in building the collections that, the, uh, that our clients are going to use. Well, if we turn that idea, just flip it and say, what can the client do to help build the collections? 
then we think more in terms of uh, elastic collections. We think in terms of not of, of access to rather than ownership of. And I think that's the major trend in, in libraries. For example, suppose we gave every every learner a kind of a phone card. So instead of subscribing to a database and paying a year-long subscription uh, for just the few users on campus that need that particular um, that particular database, it just seems to me that in the future we're going to equip the learner, uh, the the user, with a phone card. And they'll be able to go in and out of, for example, Chem Abstracts for five to fifteen minutes, get what they need, and then we turn that off. And so we're only subscribing for the minutes uh, uh, that it's being used. Another um, major idea that's already happening in many uh, 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 universities is uh, the the uh, use of open source software. Uh, so that, again, the notion is you provide folks with lots of various kinds of tools, uh, the tutorials they need, the help they need to use it, the, the, the support, and then they create the kinds of applications that, that they are going to, to need as users to become successful in, uh, uh, chemists or, or doctors or whatever they're doing. So. Well, those are a few of the ideas that we have there. We'd like to entertain questions and and um, open uh, the mics uh, uh, for comments, and you can just uh, land blast it. Uh, <clears throat> uh, perhaps uh, people could uh, uh, stand up if they uh, would like to ask a question so that we can uh, recognize them as a possibility. Um, is anybody, do we, do we, yes, go ahead. Um, um, it, um, yes, is it fig, fig it? I can't, uh, Kiwi? Fidget Kiwi? Fidget. Fidget, come on and uh, go ahead. Uh, am I talk on? Uh, can you talk, uh, can you uh, turn your mic on? <clears throat> I'm not seeing her. Um, <clears throat> oh, okay. 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 Can you guys hear me okay? Yes. Yes. Okay. Actually, I don't have a question. Sorry. <laughs> oh. 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 Okay. Anybody so else have a question? Have a question? <clears throat> oh, Tio, go ahead. She's gonna She's gonna I'm sorry, is something making it look like I have a question? Okay, if okay. clients create, create applications. applications. Who 
is going to provide the documentation? And who is going to maintain those applications? Well, I'll give my answer and then Robin can do a lot of the web 2.0 kinds of stuff is stored, of course, on servers that we don't know where they come from. And those applications come and go. Some are free, some are fee. And uh, I think I think that's not something we need to worry about. We only worry about it if it's going to be available for the next, <laughs> or maybe during the semester that we're we're there. For example, lots of blogs and wikis that we're using uh, to help students construct uh, construct their work, etc., and teaching them. Uh, yes, these things come and go. But I don't think I don't think that's necessarily uh, uh, preventing us from uh, from using them uh, on a temporary basis uh, because we're all I mean just think of the tools we have today versus the ones we just had two or three years ago and and you know so all of these things seem to come and go and and I don't know what's your idea Robin about that. I think that uh, that's another great opportunity for people to participate. Uh, if there's some amazing tool that someone finds, then you know another person or they can they can provide some sort of documentation, or you can create a, a wiki, a support wiki that everyone works on builds together, and the process of building it will help everyone as well. Well, uh, that's we just in time learning. Yeah, we'll just give them an example from our own class. Uh, we use uh, PBWiki, and uh, instead of having kids read uh, 10 articles apiece, we have them um, extract the, the big ideas from those articles and put it on a wiki so that everybody in the class can read. So if we have, say, 30 students and everybody has read and posted 10 different articles, suddenly you've got uh, 300 articles extracted, and so... Um, uh, I have noticed uh, when they then have to uh, do a summary paper, they are drawing from 300 sources of information versus just the 10 articles that they read. And what happens, I see the evidence that learning, uh, instead of uh, on an incline plane up, uh, it goes in a vertical. Uh, that is, uh, just last semester when when they only had a very information-poor environment and suddenly they've got 300 articles to draw upon, why they're able to, you know, look at a, a field a much uh, in much more depth than they could possibly learn by reading a textbook chapter plus 10 different articles they were able to find. Uh, what's your notion on that, Robin? Right. Well, the collective intelligence is always going to create something good, and and you know we 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 constantly have students do um, you know assignments that that just aren't relevant, and I think that most people would be thrilled to help build something that a resource that everyone could use, you know, something useful. And so, anytime uh, that we create something for the library, it's something useful potentially for for everyone. And and also, it's nice, you know. Again, we do things often that, that no one ever sees, and I think a lot of people enjoy the opportunity to have their work recognized. So if you provide that for them, it's I can't imagine not wanting to participate. So I, I'm going to underscore what Robin said. Collective intelligence, collaborative learning, 
I think that's the era that we're going into. And information literacy fits if it's, if it's plugged in at the moment that it is needed. And that can be done in a Web 2.0 environment. So if you, the librarian, are in one of these communities uh, and, and you're there, it's, it's not like they have to come to you. You are there uh, and, and helping them and coaching them. You're a coach. You're coaching them to build the, the knowledge that they need and to stay current in whatever profession or topic that they're, they're doing. And another question? While we wait for another question, I just want to mention some people uh, balk at the idea of the whole personalized homepage, and I just want you to know that, that what I have up on the, the slide viewer right now is my daughter's uh, iGoogle homepage, although she was four at the time, she's now five, and told me that I need to update that picture because she has since changed it. Um, but it's something that uh, we did together, and it, it's, a, it's a great, any, anyone can do it. Questions? Well, let me uh, do, I see that it's, uh, what have we got, three minutes or so. Um, just uh, maybe, um, what is it that we're, we're talking there's about? There's a question. There is a okay. question. Uh, what yes. is, who, who is it? Robin Mochi asks, do you mandate that your professors create a blog? Ah, uh, yes. Do you mandate that your professors create a blog? Well, instead of mandating it, uh, I think you can uh, highly recommend it and you can do it for them because it takes about two minutes. Show them how, uh, demonstrate to them, just capture their assignment, put it on there, add your library things, and then teach the class uh, how to connect it into their own iGoogle page with an RSS feed. It will, I predict, that it will only take one trial example before suddenly the professor understands all oh, and, and sees the, the improvement in the projects that are coming in when their students and the, li uh, you know, when, when they and the librarian work together uh, as a team with their students. That's, uh, I, can, I can give you examples. Uh, one of our graduate students uh, uh, in, in our information literacy class that uh, started and had to work with a professor, uh, she works at a community college, uh, Tina Inzeria is her name, and uh, she, uh, uh, she, the community college uh, teachers were so uh, discouraged by the kinds of products they were getting in. So she started uh, transforming learning with them like we've talked about tonight. And my, oh my, the, uh, it took just one experience uh, to uh, get talked around. Uh, and now the problem is that Tina has too many clients. And uh, <laughs> that's a, a wonderful thing to happen to you. Uh, uh, you might burn out, but uh, but it is infectious when the the professors actually see the products that they're getting back. Other questions? Well, okay. Well, 
on behalf of the California Library Association and Talis Cybrary uh, Island um, and and Teal, who is our estate manager, I. I I welcome you here, and I'm so pleased you all came. I'd like to thank Dr. Lurcher and Robin uh, as well for sharing their uh, ideas with us and helping us learn. And I'm hoping that this is not going to be the last of these type programs, but in fact the first of many exciting uh, opportunities for us to get together and, sh and chat. So um, I wish you all a wonderful evening. And um, I look forward to um, other uh, occasions such as this. I would appreciate ideas for future programs um, that uh, both uh, Talis Library Island and uh, the California Library Association can sponsor for you. So if you have ideas for speakers or programs, um, I'd really love it. So make sh uh, contact. Um, um, Agnesa Capellini um, or uh, Sagamar, uh, what is your last name, Sagamar? <laughs> Sands. And, uh, and uh, we'd be happy to uh, play some of, uh, create some other programs for you. Thank you so much. And thank you to Robin. Yes, thank My you. My pleasure. Thank you, hey, I, I apologize to everyone who was expecting a different Robin Williams, but I'm <laughs> glad that you stayed anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Good night. Good night, all. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Thank I, you. Thank you. Appreciate for you all coming, and this was a fabulous presentation. And I do hope that the California Library Association continues to have quality presentations like these in the future. And that is the intent for the Talis Library Island. Thank you all. And thank you, Teo, for all your help in putting this together. We really appreciate it. You're most welcome.